Welcome to the Teaching Your Toddler Show. Today's very special guest is Laura Lynn Knight, who is a parenting expert and a former elementary school teacher. She's also a certified positive discipline educator and a certified mindfulness meditation teacher. She is also a mother of two. You can find out all about her and her free resources at her website, Laura Lynn, L-I-N-N, Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. Stay tuned for all of her amazing ideas to go from crazy to calm. Hello, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler. And this morning we have a very special guest, Laura Lynn Knight, and she is going to talk to us about some parenting techniques that she has for us. So Laura, welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So I was an elementary school teacher for many years. I taught kindergarten and first grade, and then I had my own two children. And I thought, to be quite honest, that uh, I would have the upper hand maybe in parenting just because I had so much experience with working with kids and I would have 25 children, you know, really on their best behavior every day. And so when my toddler, my son, my oldest turned three, he went through that three-major phase that we hear about. I've and never heard he that. Started, he started trying to hit me and I was just honestly shocked um, if, I'm, if I'm really telling the truth. And I didn't have the tools and I would vacillate between trying to be really, really calm about it and then getting angry and yelling at him, which didn't feel good for him and really didn't feel good for me. I would have that mommy guilt and shame after. And so that's when I started my quest on just learning new parenting tools as a young mother of how do I support my two children? What tools do I need? I became certified as a positive discipline educator. I got my mindfulness and meditation credential. And I just went deeper into the world of parent education for myself and then educating others because I really needed it because it's hard. Toddlers are hard. <laughs> yes, they're a challenge for sure. But they're so sweet and really fun. <laughs> yes. And they have those cute moments so that we we continue to love them. Yeah, um, tell me. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about did you have did you have any like conflicts between your practical experience as a teacher versus what you started to learn in your training that you did after parenting becoming a mom? It's such a different environment in the classroom. You know, it it you learn a lot of tools being a teacher and it's a wonderful opportunity with working with kids and I love being a teacher, but when they're at home, that's where all their big feelings that they were holding on to often during the school day come out. And so at home, it's really a child's safe place to express their emotions. And the more expressive they are, actually the more connected they feel. So it's a good thing. Like if your child is coming to you and having these meltdowns and kind of allowing themselves to really break down, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just shows that they feel really safe at home, but I didn't understand that in the beginning, and I didn't have the tools to navigate 
both their big, big feelings and my own big feelings, which were a reaction to, you know, what felt very chaotic. Absolutely. That's an interesting uh, thing that I th- I don't think people would think about is that as a teacher, you may not see their their genuine self, right? They may be hiding what they're what they genuinely feel because, you know, they don't want to act out in the classroom or whatever. And so that's that's an interesting um, variance or difference that you saw once you became a mom to see what you call those big feelings, right? Yeah. And at school, they're distracted. There's a lot going on. It's very routine based. They really are focused on I taught first grade and kindergarten, so, you know, reading and letters and sounds. And at home, we don't have that same kind of built-in structure throughout the day. And so there's also a lot more time, especially if you have more than one kid, for sibling rivalry, for arguments to arise, you're trying to feed them and clothe them and do a lot of things that they don't necessarily find fun. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And you have to navigate that, too. That's uh, that. That's great. That's I think that's a great segue into what um, what we I really want to talk about today is those those really good calming techniques that you've learned and um, so help help us know a little bit about what 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 do you do and what were the techniques that you found that are that have worked the best for when it is you know like the sibling rivalry like you said or when you're trying to get them to do something that isn't fun that they that they need to do or when they're melting down. So what are what are some of those techniques you can help with us? uh, share with us, sorry. Yes. So now my work is being a parent educator and a mindfulness and meditation teacher, which I kind of bring into both. And so when I work with families, we talk first and foremost about being able to regulate our own emotions, you know, because that's really the most important thing that we as a parent, when we are feeling overwhelmed. So if we think about our brain, we have our prefrontal cortex, that's our rational decision-making part of our brain. That would be called the upstairs part of the brain. And then you have the lower reptilian brain. And that is where your amygdala lives. And your amygdala is part of fight, flight, freeze. So your little, sweet, beautiful toddler, their prefrontal cortex will not be developed until they're about 25 years old. And so they live in more of that reptilian brain often. And we need to help be their prefrontal cortex. We need to help do this thinking for them in a way, which means we need our prefrontal cortex, not to get too sciencey here, but we need that to be online. So what do we do when we're feeling really overwhelmed? And that's the first step that I help parents with in creating a calm environment. Uh, I often make a pause poster with them and that's where you sit down and you brainstorm things like I can go in the other room and take a deep breath when I'm overwhelmed. I can turn on my favorite song. I can play the game rock, paper, scissors with my child. Do you remember that game from growing up? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So that is a, that is one of, the best tools I can give parents because it will calm you down and it always calms children down too because they're in their body. You know, they're playing rock, paper, scissors, go, and then making the different hand movements. But oh my gosh, that is, that is so great. You know, we've always done it to make decisions or whatever or playing oh, games yeah. in like the car, but I love it as a, as a calming technique. That's fantastic. Yes, I love incorporating uh, somatic 
body work with children. So what that really means is just letting them be in their body because that's going to, again, help regulate their brain. So I make that poster, I hang it in the house, and when I'm overwhelmed, I model, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I'm going to go pick one of these tools. Maybe my child would like to participate with me. Maybe they're too uh, unregulated and they can't. But first and foremost, I need to regulate myself. And then I can go to the next step, which is reconnecting with a child who is having a meltdown or having a tantrum. And reconnection looks like I see you're upset. It's acknowledging their feelings. It's offering a hug, you know, maybe playing rock, paper, scissors, asking them if they'd like to give you a hug. Sometimes just changing the language uh, will help. And then once I am calm, I've reconnected, then I can follow up with whatever lesson. I think it's it was important for me to learn. It's important in the parents I work with that you don't have to correct the behavior immediately. There's time later when your child can actually hear you. Mm, that's a really good point, right? They're just so keyed up. They're so like outside of their body, like you said, mm -hmm. that they just, they, that they can't, they can't even register what you're trying to get them to do, right? Yeah, they can't retain it. So when my little three-year-old was angry and he wanted to hit me, I wanted to tell him that's absolutely not okay and then he couldn't hear it, and then I'm mad that he can't hear it, right? And now I'm in a power struggle because it takes two to be in a power struggle. But instead, if we say, I'm going to pause, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself calmed down, I see that you're really, really angry, hitting is not okay, but I see that you're really angry, helping their little brain and nervous system calm down, and then later saying, what could you do next time when you're feeling angry and really problem solving with that? And then let's practice that. Let's pretend you're angry now. I really love to role play, especially with toddlers. Let's pretend you're really angry. What could you do? And then, oh, I could hit a pillow. I could go into my special space where I have kinetic sands and I can play with that. I can blow bubbles in the backyard. So we're really teaching them because that's our ultimate goal as parents, right? We're trying to raise responsible, kind human beings. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, and and that uh, you know, as when they're when they're little like that, and they're just so overwhelmed, and they're laying on the ground, and they're screaming their head off. Like, how can you sort of? I mean, is it okay to just let them lay there and scream? Absolutely. It's okay to let them lay there and scream. And depending on the temperament of your child, you'll kind of gauge whether they'd like to have alone time while they scream or whether you sit outside the door or whether you have a hand on their back while they scream. And it's also what you can do as a parent. Some parents are able to sit and be in the space where their child or their, why their child is screaming and some parents it's too overwhelming for them and so they need to say I'm going to go in the other room and take a quick break and then I'll be back let them know that you're going to come back calm yourself down if you need to and then just hold space for them to have those big feelings and let them know I'm here 
I hear your big feelings. You're really upset. You're super disappointed. I understand that. And sometimes that's enough just for mm. them to feel heard. To, right. And then they'll, you know, the, the tantrum will subside quicker. Oh, that's great. Um, what about what what happens if you're in the store or you're at a museum or like what happens when you're out somewhere? Absolutely. I think that when you're in a store or a museum, what I feel as a parent and other parents that I've worked with is we feel embarrassed immediately. Like, ooh, I don't want to have the kid that's screaming here and I feel like I need to remove them from the situation immediately. But the truth is, is there's so many parents walking around every day and we've all been there. When we see a screaming child, our heart goes out to the parent because we're like, ooh, we've been there before. Right. Uh, and it's okay if your child needs to have that meltdown and you happen to be in public, if you can kind of get them to a place off to the side where it's not quite as disruptive. Uh, with my daughter, when she was little, it worked for me. I would pick her up and we would try and kind of go outside. So maybe just leave the shopping cart or go out if there was an outside area of the museum. And I would just point out, I see a tree. I see a the ground, I see a car, I see a bird. So I'm bringing them back and bringing their awareness back into the moment. I'm helping them get from that lower part again of their brain up into their rational thinking brain. That's great. I, uh, my, when my son was really small, he would say, tell me happy things. And I would, oh. I, you know, I would just talk about like puppies or ice cream or whatever. Yes. And like that just kind of helped him like think of other things, you know, when he was scared or angry or whatever. I love that. And I love that he had that awareness through your parenting that that was a tool for him that felt good and safe. Mm hmm. That's right. Good and safe. I like that. Well, that's fantastic. Those are amazing tools. What, uh, what else? What, what do you, you know, you, you talked about the pause poster for parents. What are some other things that moms can do to sort of help themselves calm down when they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible mom. Or like you said, you feel embarrassed or whatever. Like how do you sort of, because you can't walk away from your kid like in that situation, but besides what you just talked about practically for the kid, what are some of the internal things that a mom needs to do too? I think moms offer self-compassion to ourselves in that moment where we can just put our hands on our heart or we can think in our head I'm trying my best. This is really hard. Almost the same language that you're using with your child. You know, I see that you're angry. I see that you're upset. This is hard for you. We're using that in our own mind too, because it is really hard. And it's hard to have the child in that moment that's screaming. And I like to hold on to the vision of what is my child? What are the goals that I want to see in my child when they're an adult? I want them to be kind. I want them to be respectful. You know, these, these attributes and characteristics that I hope that they hold. And then I can remind myself in the moments that I'm helping them learn those tools. So even if they're screaming in that moment where you're teaching your son to think of happy thoughts or we're redirecting the behavior or we're modeling empathy all of those are going to create this foundational support so that when your child is an adult, 
they have these tools and characteristics that you hope for them. So really, it's always an opportunity to learn and to teach. And when I keep that in my mind, it's easier to get through the more difficult moment of the now, because I know there's a long range goal ahead of me. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. It's funny because when when you're a first time mom and you were thinking about like potty training and you're thinking, when is this ever going to happen? Oh, my gosh. Right. But then yeah. but then I, I was in a presentation once and someone said, OK, raise your hand if you're not potty trained. And of course, the whole room was like, whatever. Right. And, and they and she said, look, it's going to happen. Right. And so that's one of those things, I think, when our kids are so little and, and we're just like in the now and we're thinking this sucks. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's not going to always be like that. They're not always going to be three years old. They're going to they're going to grow up. They're going to they're going to go. You know, they're going to be 19 someday. They're going to drive away in their car when they get their driver's license. You just got to keep those things in mind. And it's so hard. But it is one of those things. Like you said, you got to look down the road a little ways. Yes. And it's true. I mean, my son that I was referring to, the one that tried to hit me when he was three, he's eight years old now. And today is his last day of second grade. And I just literally was in tears this morning because I'm like, I'm so proud of this sweet, sensitive, kind boy that I have, you know, and he reads and he writes and he has friends and he is potty trained and he he's just (laughs) you know but I remember in those moments when he was three just that pure terror of like am I raising just the wrong kid like how can I be am I Mm -hmm. doing it all wrong and it's like no this is natural this is why they have terms like three major you know, or terrible twos, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's so common that they come up, you know, everyone uses this language to describe the experience. Yes. Yes. I've never heard the three nature, but I love that. That is so funny. Of course, I've heard the terrible twos and I've also heard of the, the effing fours. I won't say the word, but you know, uh, okay. I haven't heard <laughs> that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's so funny. I I heard that from a, a grandma, and 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 then I observed it in my child, and I was like, wow, she knew. She had five kids. She gets it. Oh, yes. But yeah, it that was uh that was funny. So um yeah, I I think that these are these are really great ways to help moms and um and and again to help them with their parenting, but also them to help them with themselves. What else uh what else do you think we need to know, or what else does the audience need to hear from you? Well, I would love to invite any parents that are looking for more calming tools to head over to my website because I'm actually going live today with calm cards that I created. And so they're cards that I offer for free and you can just print them out from your computer. And the premise of them is that instead of yelling at your child, you can pause and reach for the cards and they're simple movements or games that you can do with your child. Uh, So there is the rock, paper, scissors, which we talked about. There is taking belly breaths. So you find a stuffy and you put it on your tummy and kids often think that's fun. And you watch the teddy bear, whatever stuffy it is, go slowly up and out, kind of give them a ride on their belly. But we as the parents know that's actually helping their nervous system calm down. And I use these with my daughter all the time. I have them printed out. My daughter's six. I have them printed out. And then I also 
have a digital copy on my phone and when she's really going into that place where I can see she's getting unregulated, I'll say, do you want to do one of those cards? And she's always like, yes, because they're fun. And so we'll pick a card and we'll do it together. And it will, I mean, 99.9% of the time, it just de-escalates the situation. I've seen it for other parents too. And then again, later I can follow up with whatever teaching around the behavior I need to do. Oh, that's amazing. That That is, that's great. That's great that they're free. And I will absolutely make sure that um, this link is in the show notes. We'll put your uh, website uh, on there as well. How else can people find you? Yeah, so the, my website is the best way to find me right now. And then on my website, I also offer a weekly calming newsletter. So every Tuesday, I send out a newsletter, and it has calming tips for you as the parent and practical tools. So I think last week's new newsletter was how to create a more calming home. Uh, the week before that, it was how to have a calming camping trip and do camping adventures with your children. We're a big camping family. And so I nice. offer practical tools for parents and then also tools that directly support the teaching for your child. And then always some nice mindfulness quotes at the end just to help regroup and recenter. So that's another oh, that resource, sounds amazing. free resource that I offer. What a great tool for people. Oh, wow. I wish I'd had those camping tips uh, a while back because that used to be a big thing for our family, too. And it was it can be kind of a, an adventure, you know. It is. It's an adventure. And it, I have to say, it's one of our favorite things to do. We go camping about once a month. And in the beginning, oh. I was kind of terrified. But now our family just we look forward to those trips so much. Oh, that's fantastic. Great. Great, great. Well, thank you for these uh, these ideas. And we will absolutely make sure that these resources are available to the listeners, uh, both on the teachingyourtoddler.com website, as well as in the show notes of whatever platform you're listening to the show on. So, Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. And I, I hope someday we can have you back on the show and talk about uh, more of these uh, ideas for parents. I would love that. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you for having you me bet. and to any of the parents out there that are struggling right now. Just, you know, keep faith that it's going to get so much better. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so Thanks. much. Bye now. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at www.teachingyourtoddler.com as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.